Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in on this week's Led by the Word. We are going to be in Judges chapter 19, and we're finishing up the book. I mean, oh my goodness, Judges has been, it has been a wild ride. We we ended last week with Samson, um, and then this week is far more treacherous than the story of Samson. So we're going to dig dive, we're going to deep dive into this, um, study out, see what we can learn from this, what we can glean from this, how God can guide us, and show us something through this. At the end, please stay through to the end. If you're listening to this, like, oh, man, this is heavy, this is intense, this is rough. There is a beautiful picture of how much Christ loves us once we reach the end of this. I'm excited to get there. Okay, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip over to Judges with me, chapter 19. And we're reading about a Levite man. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a few verses and I'm going to talk some. This ain't going to be really our normal way we study the Word. This is just how I feel to do this. Okay. Chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days when there was no king of Israel. So they're still letting us know at the beginning of this. There's no king yet. And you know what I've been saying? Israel's kind of like the Wild West. People are doing what's right in their own eyes. It's gotten worse. Um, I can't even put how worse it's gotten. I've got to read you this story so you can grasp how worse it's gotten. And Israel has went so far downhill that they reached the bottom that they had to dig holes to get further downhill. Like Israel's just plummeting into its own issues. And if you go to Romans, I think it's chapter 9, it talks about how God turns people's minds over. And you can see this here. Like people are so consumed in the desires of their own lust, so consumed with their own sin, that God just starts allowing this to happen. There ain't no Holy Spirit intercessing for them. There ain't nothing fighting in their personal selves. And you see this falling apart in these poor people's lives. Okay. There's no king. That there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of the Mount Ephraim who took to him a concubine out of the Bethlehem, Judah. And this concubine played the whore against him and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there four months. So that's verses 1 and 2. So he has a concubine. She becomes a whore in his life and then leaves him and has all this mess. And they, be ha they have these fightings. They have these arguments. So she said, that's it. I'm going back to dad's house. She goes to her dad's house. So when she's at her dad's house, um, he's like, man, I, I miss her. So then in verse 3 and 4, we're going to go ahead and read this. And her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of asses, and she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. And the father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him, and he abode with him three days. So they did eat and drink and lodge there. So he spent time at this place with the father, and him and the father's connected, and now he's calling her his wife. So they, they've had this connection, and things are looking better, things are looking great, and he speaks friendly to her, he speaks kindly to her, and then they're like, okay, let's leave, let's go back home. So they go back to their sojourn and journey. Verse 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 11. And when they were by Jabus, the day was far spent, and the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, and let us turn into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. First off, I did not know this. Jabus, J-E-B-U-S. should have looked up how to pronounce that. Did you know that was Jerusalem? That was the original name of Jerusalem before it, they eventually changed the name to that. 
I only knew that because I have a very nice study Bible that shows you, like, the different things on the map. So, yeah. No I did. way. I actually okay. just learned that, like, two days ago. Yeah. Super, super cool. I only learned that because I was like, how far did this guy travel? So I had to go to Google, <laughs> and it's like, yes, they passed by Jerusalem. And he doesn't stop there. Long story short, the dude passes by Jerusalem. Uh, first thing I, I want I want to say, stop at the peaceful places. Mm-hmm. Stop at the place of rest. When your life is full of issues, when your life is full of troubles, we, we all have life. We all go through things. But we all need to know a perfect place. We all need to know a place in our life where we can rest. Uh, Dad says we should all have a place in prayer we can rest. And I understand that in a spiritual sense. Wherever you are, you can have a spiritual place of prayer. I also think we should have churches we can rest. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why it is so important. If you're watching this, you go to MDT or another church, you got to keep bitterness, you got to keep anger, you got to keep uh, ought out of church. Church has got to be a place of rest. Because someone may come by and say, I can't start stop at Jebus because it ain't a place of rest. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep these places of rest for people because they're going through stuff, they're having issues. Okay, and let's go down to, I'm just going to read verse 12 and 13. And his master said unto him, Will we not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger that is not of the children of Israel? We will pass over to Gabeah. So they're like, okay, we're going to go lodge in the land of Gabeah. So they go there, and they're in this land. It's him and, you know, the people with him. And this old man sees them. So they have this conversation with this old man. And I'm not going to go and read all these verses. So the old man says, Why don't you just come to my place? So they go to the old man's place, and they're having just a wonderful time of fellowship. They said there's laughter and it's happiness and they're having this grand time. So these one translation of the Bible calls it the worthless men. One translation um, calls it, oh, it's, you can find as many terrible descriptors of these men to come up as you'd like. But we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So these men come up to this house and they say, old man, we saw the people that you let rest here. We would like to have the man for relations and they're beating on his door they're banging on the windows and they're saying give us the man so the old man not the not the husband but the, they call him just the old man he's unnamed the old man of the house says no don't do this don't be this way so they keep beating and they keep beating and what i want you to hear is this first man he's a levite and his concubine the place they're in is a benjamite city it's a benjamite place it could be a and they're beating on it and they're beating on it. They're like, give us the man. Give us the man. So he says, if I give you my daughter and his concubine, would you let him live? So they settle on that. So they throw the, the women out. And then when they wake up in the morning and the man goes out, we're going to be in verse 26. Then came, let me see. Oh, 27. And and her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, had fallen down at the door of the house and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Open up and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass and the man rose up and got him unto his place. So this dude, this Levite man, said, I would rather you take her than take me. I'd rather you destroy her than you destroy me. And in this culture, one of the commentaries I said is because how bad she treated him. So in his mind, he said, I can justify this. I don't have to do this because what she's done to me, you take her, you don't have to take me. Because they said if it were his wife, he would have fought harder for her. So you see, 
in chapters 19, verse 6, it starts out in chapter 19, verse 1, concubine. Then he moves her title to the way that she whored to him. And then he goes to wife. It's like, I want her back. She's my wife. Then he moves her title back to concubine. Because if she's a concubine with that title, he doesn't have to fight for this woman. Mm. So now he said, I, he's protected himself. I don't have to risk me for her. So they come back, and this story gets progressively, you think, this is bad. It just gets worse from here. So he takes her home, and he lays her body out. Her, her corpse, some say she could have been alive at this point. At this point, I think she's dead. This is just me reading. It doesn't say for sure she's dead. It's just he's talking to her. He's lifting her up. There's no movement. There's no answer. And he cuts her up into 12 pieces. And uh, this is uh, one of the first times we know that there is a way where they can send things from village to village, from tribe to tribe. And he sends it out to the 12 tribes. And he sends it with a description. Look what the Benjamite city did. Look what Gabeah did. Look what happened here. Something has to be done to this. So they say, okay. We will go find these worthless men, and we will destroy them. We will prosecute them. Don't you worry, Levite man. Don't you, don't you fret. Don't you concern. And then it just it gets worse from here. It gets worse yet again. So they go there, and the Benjamite tribe protects those men. Hmm. They say, you can't have them. You can't touch them. We know what they've done. We know the story. You cannot have these men. So then it becomes a civil war of the nations. So then they go in, um, God says, well, go in and start wiping out the Benjamites. Uh, I think 25,000 Benjamites die. I think total 40,000 Israelites die. Now, you guys got to understand, we're not talking about Canaan. We're not talking about Canaanites. We're not talking about Philistines. We're not talking about um, the Egyptians. We're talking about Israel. This is Israel on Israel on Israel. This is, no matter who dies, it's God's people right now. And, you know, we, we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, how disgusting. These are God's people, and they're being disgusting. Mm -hmm. And without their, and it says, you know, there was still no king. They were showing us that their depravity, without the leadership, it was fallen. And they never appointed God. They never accepted him as their true leader. Jesse testified, I think it was a Tuesday ago in church. You can go back and watch that live stream. And she was talking about how God's intention was to be their leader. And honestly, these people refused it. These people, they fought so, so hard. Uh, I, I'm going to pause because I've got a lot more talking. Would you like to add anything in between here? Uh, yeah, actually. I reference this all the time in Sunday school. It's not actually a Christian book, but it was required reading. I know some schools actually banned it, but it was called The Lord of the Flies. I was actually just telling Jensen about it today, um, or the other day, recently, um, where it's basically a group of young men, and it's kind of they're just left to their own devices, and it just goes downhill very fast. And you see it's supposed to memorize mirror, excuse me, um, the human condition of if you don't have higher power, the Lord, if you don't have that moral compass that he gives you, like through the Holy Spirit, human depravity, it knows no end. And mm -hmm. we see that perfectly in these stories. I mean, even in the past stories, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, you referenced that. I mean, without the Lord, it's just like, because I see a lot of people that maybe outright will even say or subconsciously will be like, I don't really need the Lord to be a good person. False. Your good person ends just a few feet from where you exist. Like, and I've seen people that are good. They'll be good to themselves. They'll be good maybe to their family. They're really close friends. But if someone, you know, really needed them or they don't have that ability to express the kind of love, I think it was Micah's dad that said that when, if you don't have the love of Christ in you, then you don't know true love. It's hard. You can't extend it. 
um, I heard a minister 